until 11 today <laughs> hence why. the reason why <laughs> yeah. it's bad welcome back to life thank you it's 1 p.m good afternoon i know it is already one holy crap yeah man well i miss these uh these talks to be honest with you <laughs> when i remember that they're happening <laughs> yeah 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 you were a little late today that's okay but you did bring me a gift uh-huh and thank you for it. It's a cute little pumpkin. I'm going to have to post it to her Instagram. It's an adorable pumpkin with crazy hair. It's so cute. We should name it. What should we name it? Winston. You were on it. <laughs> <laughs> you just knew right away. I was I like, I started to sweat. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to have to think of a name. <laughs> Winston it is. I like it. So everything... Oh, so if you want to see the picture of my pumpkin, it's at the underscore collective space. Post it. <laughs> Super cute. Um, but yeah, so Sarah, how have you been? How is life? What's new? Life is good. I'm getting over a cold. It's going yeah. around. Everybody, Everyone's sick. I know. I think I had it a little bit while ago. Yeah. Like it's a week been, or two it's ago. It's been a long time coming. And I had a really long weekend. Last weekend we did um, like a big fundraiser mm-hmm. and it kicked my ass. And, and that was for video. hurricane relief, right? It was for the hurricane relief. Yeah. yeah I was on uh, last Friday and then Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it was really well, went really well. Super successful. I was really tired. Yeah. Um, I know. I saw you Sunday afternoon and you were like. I was out of it. I looked at you and your eyes were like, like in space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I went straight from the fundraiser to Pixie Sacred Living Sessions, which mm-hmm. Casey and I are doing together. Yes. And, it's amazing. Um, I was really out of it really out of it like I almost said like I don't want to chant because I can't even I've been and I've been talking all day too you know just talking 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 teaching talking so I just was like I I'm so frazzled but I also think I was fighting off or trying to fight off that cold which um was an impending doom by Wednesday I was done but I recovered well um I think I I was pretty resilient. It didn't linger. Yeah. I was only really like congested and and out for the count like one day, which is really surprising for yeah. a cold. Yeah. I didn't like develop a cough or anything. So feeling yeah. blessed. Yeah. Hashtag. <laughs> I think the hashtag goes before the word. Damn it. I'm getting on. I'm losing it. I'm sorry. I'm being so critical. So picking on me. When you brought me a pumpkin and I'm just the asshole. Yeah. I take it back. How have you been? How was your week? I've been good. I mean, life is good. It's been some ups and downs. We had a a member pass away in the family, which was kind of sad. Um, Mom's side, dad's side? My dad's side. Okay. So we'll have to go up to Oakland for the funeral, which um, it's always nice to see the family, but it's always unfortunate that it tends to always be with those types of circumstances, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, so like uh, just life really has been happening. I've been going through some shifts with uh, the board boyfriend and I have mm-hmm. talking about moving together. Who I finally met. <laughs> I know. Yay. And he's like, hey, did you know I met two Sarahs today? <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. he was like, yeah, we talked for a while. I was like, whatever. She's we my caught friend. Up. <laughs> we caught up. Yeah, it was nice to meet him. Finally. Yeah, I know. He's awesome. Well, good. Congrats on moving forward. Thank you. Thank um, you. But I was expressing to you earlier, I cannot wait till grassroots yoga is open i know Woo. Woo. um yeah it's a process it's a process and 
trying to be very fluid with the process because Mm -hmm. I knew nothing was going to go as planned, (laughs) which is totally okay. Yeah. And um, just quick update, we're in the, the city permit process, so we're waiting for our plans to be reviewed. And then um, we'll get our construction permits and start construction. And so probably a couple more months. The mm-hmm. city is very, very behind. Um, um, yeah, they're, they're a little behind. And by a little, I mean a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. But oh well. You got the jokes this morning. <laughs> I'm just trying to hold back. Yeah. Um, it's a frustrating process, but I, you I know, imagine. this is yoga, right? Know. You know, like trying to just deal with what comes our mm-hmm. way and use them as learning experiences and also just learning to trust mm-hmm. that the studio will open when it's meant to open. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the update on it. Yeah. We just released, we, I always say like we, mm-hmm. but you know, it's a collective. Yeah, so for sure. We just released our merchandise. Um, which I is exciting. Know. So your bottles are insane. I know. I love the water bottles. They're amazing, They're and your bag's awesome too. Because I like how yes. it's like the one strap and it's long. Has it and it has a huge inside pocket. Yeah. I use it as like my purse sometimes. Yeah. But if anyone's looking for merchandise, uh, you can go to the website uh, grassrootsyogaventura.com, mm-hmm. and on the drop down there's a little shop icon, and you can pick up some stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's about about it for the studio. It's kind of just in like a little lull. Yeah. And I've been enjoying my time otherwise. Yeah. I just looked at my boots. Uh-huh. And I have to tell a funny story. Okay. Because <laughs> there's some evidence on here. Uh-oh. Um, when was the last time you got egged, Casey Kelly? What? <laughs> no. Yeah. What the hell? That's so weird. I was victimized. Of a drive-by egging. No. With my friend Lauren Hendricks, another yoga teacher. Yeah. We were we we um, met to catch up at Cork, and uh-huh. we were leaving and we were talking. Totally got drive-by egged. By who? Don't know. It was so funny though. I felt honored. I was like, they still do that. <laughs> This still happens? That's so funny. Because I was just maybe like last week having a conversation with someone about like, do you remember when you used to TP people's houses? And like, I think it was George and I probably like exchanging (laughs) stories of like, that's so funny. It was, me and Lauren were laughing forever. I laughed and laughed and laughed all night after we left. I got home, was laughing. Every time I thought of it, I was like, I got fucking egged. That's so awesome. Luckily, christening almost. Luckily, just our shoes. Okay. It just like got my boots. Um, thank God it wasn't like in the face or anything. Oh my God, that I don't know, that would have hurt. <gasps> but it was really funny. Um, wow. So whoever Egg does thinks it 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 was hysterical. Wow. But I just thought I, I really felt like I was like all <laughs> amped up. I was like, no, I want to egg. Like wanted to go dr- do some drive by egging. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Oh my God! Who does that happen to you? <laughs> yeah, it was just so, and they, their aim was impeccable because we were like in between two cars, and it was on main, so they were going super fast, and I just was like, "Wow, that's really impressive!" Like they that got they like, through the cars and nailed our. So did Lauren get hit too? Yeah, Lauren got hit. Oh no! How yeah. many eggs did they throw? Oh my God! Probably like three. Really? Yeah. Wait. So one person throwing three eggs. I don't like, know. Simultaneously, or was it a couple? I didn't like... even see it. I wasn't even faced in that direction. I just was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Oh God. <laughs> And she was like, did we just get egged? Oh, my God. And all I saw was, like, a car drive. Like, it was too far away at that point. But you couldn't it was, see what kind of car it was? Couldn't see anything. I was so out of it. I didn't know what too was court. happening. 
That was corked. <laughs> no, that's funny. They should rename it to yeah. Egg. <laughs> that would be egg. funny. But anyways, that was just a random story. Wow. I saw there's well, still, sorry, there's still some egg on my boots. I know. My When I had my first car, which was a Chevy Nova, Chevy Nova and it, the paint was an older paint, so it was like metallic gunmetal gray, which was awesome, but the paint wasn't very good. Yeah. So anything that kind of got stuck on it kind of left like a little mark. I, I once got egged, oh. and so there was like this splatter of an egg <laughs> on the side of my car that just... I got it off, but yeah. it just left the like shadow of yeah. it. It was awful. It'll eggs will do that to your cars. No, yeah, that's what's really messed up. But about it the left egging. an imprint on your boot too. And now I have Poor a boot, slat on my boot. <laughs> story forever. Well, that's a happy Sunday story for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, that's great. So, speaking of. What was I speaking of? <laughs> I was speaking, speaking of, of going with the flow. Going with the flow, but I was speaking of chanting mm-hmm. at Sacred Living Sessions. Yes. So Casey and I wanted today to talk about um, meditation. Yeah. And just kind of touch on that and maybe just kind of like the basics, maybe like a simple little guide and maybe how chanting ties into that mm-hmm. um, and such absolutely so casey when was the last time you meditated oh my god i'm gonna get myself into trouble right now (laughs) calling you out (laughs) no um you know where i actually sat down and meditated i would say it was probably in the last well let's see probably like a month or two ago i'd say um but there is kind of a way and i think we'll talk more about this as we talk about meditation and what it means or what it can look like uh i do like little, maybe more um, like working or moving kind of meditations, if that yeah. makes sense. Like I'll go for a walk on the beach walking and I won't play music. I'll just allow myself to listen to the ocean or not be on my phone. Yeah. Or um, lately, like I was telling you, I've, I've been working in the wood shop a lot. And for me, that's a really great practice of just being in the moment. Like you can't be working a power saw and be wondering like what the hell is going to happen in the later like yeah. you know later on like you have to be there so for me that's kind of been really um beneficial for me but yeah actually like sitting down on a pillow or sitting somewhere comfortably and closing my eyes and allowing myself to meditate for say 10 minutes has been probably about a month or two so a sitting meditation yeah, yeah. and that's okay don't I, I wouldn't feel bad yeah. about that i mean yeah. the point that i was going to make was that meditation doesn't have to be that like classic sitting in silence eyes closed like there are all kinds of forms of meditation Mm -hmm. and when's the last time you actually would say would you meditate um i did yesterday because of navaratri awesome um so right now in the hindu religion there's the celebration of three goddesses Mm -hmm. and it's called Navaratri and we Casey and I have been learning about it in Pixie Sacred Living Sessions yes and it is 10 days and nine nights and three goddesses so you um you worship worships is such a like intense word right yeah it's you acknowledge maybe or you um like focus on yeah. Uh three different goddesses. Um so the first three first three days are um with Durga mm-hmm. and then the next three is with are with Lakshmi and the final three are with Saraswati and mm-hmm. then the tenth day is all three of them. So yesterday I did my chanting um and I like 
I've chanted, done chanting before. Yeah. But I have never done chanting by myself. Ah. And so it's actually been fun mm-hmm. because it's gotten me like in the zone. Like I slide like right into a silent meditation, silent seated meditation right after. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend of mine in Aubrey and she was like, well, how, how are you liking it? And, and I was like, you know, I really like it. It gets me like in the zone. Mm-hmm. Like, and it makes it so much easier to just like do a seated silent meditation right after following. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yesterday. Yeah, it does. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. No, it definitely does. Um, absolutely gets you just kind of in that mindset almost in a sense of chanting. I, I never really thought of myself big on chanting. Mm-hmm. I kind of had always actually maybe even had like an aversion to it. I was yeah. like, ooh, I don't know. It makes me feel comfortable, you yeah, know, but like, then like cultish. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh God. But then, you know, Pixie in this, this sacred living sessions kind of explained how when you're saying, um, you know, these chants, these maybe it's like three or four, five words that you say repetitively for 108 times mm-hmm. or, you know, um, that it's not necessarily you like worshiping a god or a deity or um, a goddess. It's like you kind of acknowledging that that is within you, right? Exactly. I mean, isn't that kind of what all those deities or goddesses mm-hmm. it, it mean? Yeah. In some way. So like Durga, the first goddess, is about removing obstacles like within yourself. So yeah. essentially like behavior patterns, ba- yeah. bad behavior patterns, things you might do um, that are like ingrained in your like psyche or like certain reactions or things that you do on a regular basis. And so uh, Durga is about removing those ingrained patterns. Mm-hmm. And when you're chanting to Durga, you're not chanting to like this separate entity. You're essentially reminding yourself that that power is within you, that you can remove those, you can remove those patterns yourself. Yeah. Um, that you don't have to turn to others because, you know, we are, we are the guru, right? Yeah. We are yeah. the, we are the God and goddess. And so, um, yeah, Durga is about removing obstacles. Lakshmi is about abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever that means, and it doesn't necessarily, and I think Pixie was even saying like, it, it actually really doesn't mean like money. Monetary. Yeah. yeah money. So abundance, like abundance of love, kindness, compassion, whatever it is mm-hmm. in your life that you're like needing. Um, you're not really supposed to be specific about it. You're just kind of supposed to like evoke and, and wish abundance for mm-hmm. not just yourselves yourself but others too yeah so lakshmi is about abundance and then saraswati is about like discernment of knowledge yeah yeah so and it's it's even more specific in terms of like text like um if you're like in school or learning musical instruments yeah yeah, so you're supposed to put like books on your yeah on your altar for that yeah and maybe i'm I'm wrong in this kind of conclusion but it was like we used durga to remove those like really deeply grooved you know patterns that were no longer serving us right Mm -hmm. and to remove those and then to allow that like space for the abundance which is our um Lakshmi. Lakshmi. And then to then have the wisdom to know what to do with all of that. Exactly. Is Saraswati. So it's kind of like that whole process, which was... Yeah. It's kind of neat, you know? Yeah. So they all work together. Totally. One after the other. Yeah. And then you um, chant to all three on the last day. Mm-hmm. And so Navaratri ended yesterday. 
Cool. But it's a form of meditation. I mean, chanting is a form of meditation. Yeah. And I think what I've found, you know, tailing off of what I was just saying, is if you find it hard to, like, get in the zone of, like, Mm -hmm. a silent seated meditation, try, like, a chanting first and using your mala beads. Mm -hmm. Um, The mala mala beads, the mala necklaces have 108 beads on them. And so you run the beads through your fingers each time you chant and so as a place track. marker yeah, for sure right so the little tassel at the end is the beginning and then 108 beads later you're like done without having to like count yeah. any other way and once it's done you can just sit in silence i i mean i found personally that that has helped a lot mm-hmm. kind of just get me like there yeah Absolutely. You know, that reminded me when you were talking, I don't know why it popped into my head, but there was a time on trail, I was hiking a hike. And for whatever reason, I was really being challenged this day. Like my body was hurting and I was like mentally like, you know, when you just get that like negative mental state on and it's like hard to get rid of. Yeah, it's called over it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so I was like over it. Yeah. And um, I chanted, but I didn't chant like a Sanskrit word. Mm-hmm. I just chanted like two sayings. Like I said, I can, I will, I can, I yeah. will. And I literally repeated that. And it was almost like just focusing on those words helped me. And then at the big, before I knew it, I was at the top. Yeah. You know, so it, it's interesting the, the power of that focus. It's the repetition. Mm-hmm. So like chanting, yeah, does not have to be like any sort of Sanskrit fancy yeah. word. It can just be any affirmation. I am enough. Mm-hmm. Or like you can't, I can, I will, something like that. So just yeah. kind of repeating a positive statement to yourself over and over. So you can sit with mala beads and chant quote unquote to yourself you know Mm -hmm. i am enough i am enough i am enough i am enough and your brain listens and the universe listens right and Mm -hmm. so you want um so it's kind of like the behind i guess of of chanting Mm -hmm. right yeah but yeah there's walking meditations there's all kinds of gardening is a meditation yeah um anything Anything you do that keeps you in the moment Mm -hmm. anything you do in life that keeps you tied to the present moment without like your mind drifting and thinking about all kinds of other things is a form of meditation Mm -hmm. and yoga asana is a moving meditation yeah so you can practice if you go to a practice and you feel like you were present throughout then you just meditated yeah so which is pretty cool too which is probably why most of us feel as if we've like that feeling of like you've taken a big just deep breath and not just literally from your lungs but like like from your mind, from your life, like you've literally just taken a big deep breath. And that's like, I think kind of what meditation does is it gives you that clarity or maybe just that, I mean, because sometimes it's even more important to, I think, meditate when it's chaotic in your life, Mm -hmm. you know? Because I feel like that's when it can reap the most benefits. Um, I just, I wanted to pull up a quote. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I love this quote. I used to say it in my classes and I haven't in a while and um, I'm like reminded of it. And so I want to, I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> so Lao Tzu, he's a Chinese philosopher. He said, uh, if you're feeling depressed, that means your mind is living in the past. Mm-hmm. And if you're feeling anxious, that means your mind is living in the future. And when you're in the present moment, you're at peace. And so meditation is all about bringing you into the present moment. Mm-hmm. I think the common misconception about meditation is that you're supposed to like not think at all. Yeah. Like you're not, su- like you're just supposed to be like a blank, blank, <laughs> blank, 
yeah, good luck with that. Like nothing, like a, yeah. Like it's just supposed to that be like crickets. probably means like not a good thing. No, I yeah. I mean, unless you're a monk sitting up in a cave in like the Himalayas or something, maybe you're able to achieve that. I don't know, probably not. But they can levitate, uh, can't they? Yeah, yeah they can levitate too, so. <laughs> I feel like if that's happening, then you check your pulse. Yeah, exactly, exactly right? <laughs> you know, like it, we're just, our brains have to be kind of always doing something. Mm-hmm. And meditation is more just about tying to the present moment. Mm-hmm. It's not about not thinking mm-hmm. or pushing things out of your mind. It's a, mm-hmm. it's about letting things come in and then letting them drift out yep. and tying yourself to the present moment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you if you feel like you're down and depressed and uh, so, yeah, again, Lao Tzu is saying that depression is stemming from the, the past. And mm-hmm. if you're feeling like anxious and you have a lot of anxiety, you're usually thinking about the future, which is pointless because we have no idea. Yeah. It's going to happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so if you want to feel at peace, then you want to be in the present moment. And so that's mm-hmm. why meditation is so wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. So wonderful. And they've actually proven like with studies, um, you know, I'm not very scientifically minded, but uh, that it actually, they can see the changes in the brain mm-hmm. as far as like what parts are firing, what parts are, you know, and there's like a, I think it's a gray or gray matter or something in the brain actually increases when you meditate. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that too. You know? That like the your brain literally changes for sure while you're meditating, which is really neat. We need I to know. get Brooke back over here. <laughs> um, and that, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about meditating? I'll give um, like tips or tricks. Yeah, tips and tricks. So I do lead uh, a really basic meditation when I do my hikes. Mm-hmm. I do like this hike meditate yoga thing That's once amazing, by once the way. a month. Yep. Yeah, it's really fun. And we hike Arroyo Verde, really mm-hmm. simple. And then we, we meditate along the way. We do a seated silent meditation and then we hike more. And then we come out the back of Arroyo Verde mm-hmm. on that. It's that little path at the end. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's like 0.3 miles. I think so. And it's just flat. Uh-huh. And I do with them a walking meditation. Cool. So we learn the tools in our seated meditation. And I do like the sensory um guided yeah got it and so i'll have them start with touch Mm -hmm. and so you just focus on touch it's all about like touch and you know your eyes are closed or soft gaze and you're just thinking about like how the weight of your body feels on the earth Mm -hmm. you're um noticing maybe like the breeze against your skin you're noticing like the sun on your skin or the clothes touching your skin yeah yeah the clothes like what and what that feels like you don't have to like judge or make sense of it or go too too far off the the path but really just observing like oh like that feels soft on my skin on my forearm or like i can feel sun on the left side of my body but on the right side of the body it's cooler so that must be shade yeah so just kind of like describing the the present moment in terms of touch to yourself and Mm -hmm. then you can and then you move on to like taste so like maybe just like fine-tuning into like your mouth like any lingering taste lack of taste whatever that may be Mm -hmm. and then um sight if your eyes are closed our eyelids are really thin. You still see light patterns. Mm-hmm. And if your eyes are open, just kind of noticing what's going on in front of you without, again, without like going too far into it, just yeah. noticing what's happening and that's it. Yeah. And um, sense of smell. And then finally, like listening, just listening, tuning into what you're hearing in that moment. And then just kind of cycling through that. Mm-hmm. So those are like what I tell my students is those are like your tools in your toolbox like your meditation toolbox oh yeah are your senses and so if you find yourself meditating and you like keep getting distracted 
you dig into your toolbox and you pull out one of your senses. Okay, I'm going to take a big deep breath. Okay, I'm going to tune into sound and start just listening to this moment again. Mm -hmm. And it's not always... I don't want to say it's not always enjoyable because that would be like a labeling or a judgment, but it's not, you, you can't always pick and choose what the present moment is going to give you. Right. Mm -hmm. So yes, as much as it would be nice to sit in like a really peaceful garden with like a fountain and crickets and like, Ooh, this is so nice. Sometimes your meditation entails maybe a crying baby, crying babies, (laughs) cars speeding by, you know, people, police, people screaming, (laughs) people yelling, people talking, people, you know, whatever it may be, like dogs barking. You don't get to choose your moment. And that's the whole point of the practice Mm -hmm. of yoga Mm -hmm. is that you don't get to choose and being at peace with the moment, no matter what is the practice. And so sometimes it actually is helpful to practice mm-hmm. in maybe not so luxurious settings yeah. and challenging yourself. Yeah. You know, that if a fly is like buzzing around you and you're like, oh, this is ruining everything. <laughs> well, this is the practice, right? <laughs> this is the practice of yoga. This is the practice of meditation. Yeah. How can I stay present with those like quote unquote distractions? So yeah, that would be, I think my, my tips and tricks um, for the yeah. walking meditation. It's the same thing. So you just bring those tools with you and you walk in silence and you just notice what's happening in the present moment while walking and sometimes i'll even do like if i notice myself rushing and i'm like oh i'm rushing right now i'll slow down my walking and i'll just draw my attention to my feet i know it sounds Mm -hmm. really strange but i'll notice how my feet are hitting the earth and that's what i'll focus on until i get where i'm going and it totally makes me stop rushing yeah it's yeah. just cr- and like I little things like that, you know, but that again is same as in yoga practice. What are tristies, what we call it? Like, Trishti, your focal Trish, point, yeah. yeah. Where we choose to put our, our attention and our focus on, you know, and again, yeah. meditation is that in the sense that we're bringing it to the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's awesome. So yeah. do you have any tips or tricks besides well, for me, focusing when I, on the feet? <laughs> I don't know, stink your feet. Uh, <laughs> what I would say is one thing that I did do when I was kind of first getting really back into yoga and um, meditation is I used a lot of guided meditations. Mm-hmm. That for me helped me because I just needed maybe, they, and sometimes they play like ambient music and it's kind of nice or even just having that voice kind of guiding your focus a little bit might help just kind of introduce yeah, kind of like that experience, especially if you're not used to it. Um, but isn't praying also considered a s- type of meditation? Yeah, because praying think- you're essentially setting an intention or a dedication, and, and that's what you're focusing on for maybe that span of a minute or five minutes, or you know. Yeah, and I mean praying is like chanting. Yeah, it's kind of the same. True. Yeah. Same deal. You yeah, you have an intention, and you're you're focused on that. Yeah. That intention um, for yeah a specific period of time. Yeah. dedicating your energy towards that mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah i would say so and then and then also like yoga classes like sign yourself up for a meditation class you know like yeah. sign yourself up for sarah's arroyo verde hike meditation thing like just if you feel a little uncomfortable with it try it out i think that is also a tip because sometimes we can you know stop ourselves from trying something new yeah gui- the guided meditations and doing it by yourself is hard it's it a challenge be, for sure getting yourself there <laughs> you know sitting just doing it is yeah. hard i mean literally even for me and this is why navaratri has been so beneficial for me because it's like a structure for yeah, you yeah it's yeah. a total structure yeah. and i am pitta and i am like <laughs> type a and i like structure i like routine i like being like told what to do i like 
to be given a checklist and I like want to mark that shit off. And so Navratri has been awesome because I'm like, all right, three days, let's do this. Three days, I have to do this. I got Durga, (laughs) I got Lakshmi. (laughs) But it's like gotten me on my on my mat, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. is what it's called, or on my cushion. Mm -hmm. And it's like held me accountable. So something that holds you accountable, whether it's like following a tradition, you know, a a traditional like worship structure, Mm -hmm. or um, going to a guided meditation, being with other people is really helpful. Knowing that, you know, we used to do meditations after class at a studio we worked at together and that would always helped me a because I had just done like an hour and a half practice. Yep. So like physically I was like ready. <sighs> and essentially isn't that the goal of asana practice is to kind of like prepare your, you. Yeah. It's, it's a preparation of your body to yeah. be able to be strong enough to sit there mm-hmm. for an extended amount of time to meditate. Yeah. That always helped. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards just having that structure of like, okay, I'm in here. Yeah. Meditation has started. I can't, I can't choose to leave if I, I mean, I could, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's just, there's the no of, getting out of it. I'm uh, here. Yeah, it's happening. Mm-hmm. There's other people with me mm-hmm. and doing it together with other people is really helpful too. doing yeah. it as a community, as a collective. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, guided meditations. I, I agree. And you can go on YouTube and just yeah. type in guided meditation. Yeah. There's all kind of, they can do chakra meditation, mm-hmm. sensory meditation, energy Anything healing. Anything you're looking for, literally you can find it. Any type of meditation. <laughs> you can do like a nature meditation. It's it's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would recommend doing that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, well, here's that nice elevator music that I found on the internet for you. We're just going to take a quick break and sip on some tea and hang out with our new pumpkin friend, Winston. We'll return shortly with the collective space talking about the white hot truth. Enjoy this nice music. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, makes me feel nice and relaxed. And we are back from our lovely break. <laughs> awesome break. Yes, it was great. <laughs> we hung out with Winston. Yeah, we, we, dan- we did a little dance. We did. We took well, a nap. We meditated. It was nice. We chanted. Now I feel so much better. Winston needs to work on his chanting. He does. He's a little quiet. He's a little quiet. He's a little quiet. <laughs> It's a little quiet. Like silent. Just, but it's okay. It's speak process, up a progress. <laughs> um, so moving on. White Hot Truth Baby by Danielle Laporte. Yeah, we're nearing the end, aren't we? We are. My front white cover is gray, nope. gray hot truth. <laughs> gray hot truth. <laughs> yeah, mine's a little dirty. Still, mine's dirty for sure, too. Mine's getting a little smudgy. Yeah, but it's cool. I like this book. I'm kind of sad to see that we're going to be done with it. I but know. We're going to start Because it's been kind of a beautiful little addition to what our process has been, even with just this podcast mm-hmm. and, like, our personal lives. It's funny how that is. It's yeah. been a good, almost teacher tool in some ways, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. Little wisdom nuggets. So chapter 13. Power tools. Mm, I like it. Yeah, so she's talking about all of the tools kind of that are within – the spiritual realm like mudras mantras crystals meditations mm-hmm. so she's talking about um first she talks about like crystals and how she was like the crazy crystal lady <laughs> have you ever been a crazy crystal lady you know i've always wanted to be <laughs> you've always aspired to be a crazy I crystal have. lady. no because i've always admired i'm like wow how do you know that stone does that like yeah. i want to know that yeah but i don't i just am not I love stones and I'll pick them up, but I don't, I've never really been a crazy stone or crystal lady. I was a crazy crystal lady. (laughs) 
I'm a recovered crazy crystal lady. In recovery? I'm in recovery. How's it been? It's been really good. When I moved... <laughs> what were you like when you were crazy crystal lady? I had so many fucking crystals. <laughs> oh it was God. out of control. I couldn't help myself. Too many. Way too many. That is awesome. And when I moved, um, I kept the ones... I went through each crystal yeah and sat with it and kept the ones that were like special to me or that like resonated with me Mm -hmm. but they're the ones honestly i just threw away got it um and started kind of like fresh with Mm. my new like special crystals and so (laughs) so cute (laughs) i've done i've done really well in the past year i i don't i think i've maybe gotten one or two new crystals and i am much more thoughtful about the process before yeah. I was just like crystal give me everything yeah and you know the more I've like learned about it and the more I've learned about yoga mm-hmm. you know and like non non hoarding and <laughs> that the scarcity aspect knowing that like just because I don't get that crystal in that moment doesn't mean it's never going to be available to me again for sure and so letting things just come to me as they're supposed to mm-hmm. so I have um like a handful of crystals now yeah but I definitely don't have as many as I used to. Yeah, that's about what I have. I have a handful. And I do have like a little pouch that was gifted to me from a dear friend of mine who her shaman made this pouch and, you know, did like a design on it. And so I carry that around in my backpack with stones and crystals in it. So I guess that could be, I'm like a minor crazy jewel lady. What is it? Crazy crystal lady. (laughs) Yeah, crazy crystal lady. Yeah. A minor crazy crystal lady. A (laughs) minor. But, you know, I think there's some truth to, to be said about those tools and that, that power of crystals. Yeah, so she so yeah. Danielle is saying that um, some of the concoctions and conjuring will be incredibly effective, mm-hmm. but not necessarily because they are pure and master masterfully dispensed practices, rather because our beliefs in them are so intense. So if you really, really, really believe that it will work, it probably will for a while. Yeah. And, and I like that because it kind of goes back to like, again, the guru within, right? And so like trying to seek less outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. and really just kind of hone it in and know that like we have all of the tools that we need Mm -hmm. to heal and grow and everything else. And the tools are great and they work if we believe in them, but we shouldn't like rely on them and we shouldn't feel like we have to have them in order to to do those things. For sure, because then that can also become like a hindrance or a crutch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So then she talks about mudras. What is your favorite mudra? This one. <laughs> Cannot see. Sarah is holding up a beautiful middle finger in my direction. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. I feel like you just set yourself up. That was a good one. Um, you know, I actually am not too versed on mudras. Yeah. Um, I've like, you know, done them in class. Done them in class, before, yeah. and. I'm familiar with them and yeah. I know kind of how they function and whatnot, but I don't practice them. Yeah, me neither. Really. And I'm like no expert. Yeah. But I like though that she, this made me more interested in them for sure. Right. She talks about the science of them, about mudras. And mm-hmm. mudras are when you see like yogis and spiritual stuff with like the, the finger, t- almost like the okay sign, you know, yep. your index finger and your thumb are touching. Yeah. So um, in Sanskrit, mudra means seal or mark or gesture. So... She's talking about science and how our fingertips contain numerous concentrated nerve root endings. Mm-hmm. And these act as discharge points for free energy within our body. You know, like our heartbeat is electrical, so that's energy. Yeah. That's what she's talking about. Yeah. Exactly. She says science backs this up, by the way, and confirms that a concentration of free electrons exists around each of your fingertips. 
So mudras jumpstart electromagnetic currents within the body. So like depending on how you're touching your fingers together mm -hmm. or holding your hands, especially yeah. the palm of your hand has a lot of yeah. um, that electrical current. Mm -hmm. So this can alter the way your system functions. Yeah. And mudras are used for manifesting clarity and sometimes for healing physical ailments like, yeah. you know, like Reiki. That's why um, Reiki healers use their hands. Mm -hmm. They don't touch you. They just kind they of They don't rub your butt on you. You know, they use their hands. They don't <laughs> rub your... <laughs> I, like, took a second <laughs> to process know. that. I was like, they don't rub your butt? Yeah. I mean, they, we, we don't, they don't rub your butt on you. On you. Because your butt doesn't hand. have the electron. <laughs> yeah, your butt is just like a bunch of fat. Yeah. <laughs> But your hands, but your hands. Is, like, tons of nerves. Yeah. And think about that energy that's flowing through them, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your um, butt cheeks don't have the same type of nerve. Energy, no. So don't. So run if anyone ever. If anyone wants to rub their butt on you. This is, this escalated quickly. I'm sorry. What is happening right now? No. Um, but I do appreciate kind of what she says at the end of the mudras. She says, you know, if you've ever asked about it um, in a class, like a teacher, often will times, you know, we'll, it'll be linked with the theme that maybe a teacher is teaching, you know, just to inquire maybe about like, what does that mudra mean? And just... Um, you know, wh what was, what did she say? Which lineage did it get passed down from and why are they prescribing it for you? So that way you aren't just doing something that doesn't resonate with you. So that way you can, you know, really understand the meaning behind it. And I just want people to know, like, to feel comfortable to do that, you know, because when yeah. I think when I first started, I was like, oh, I yeah. don't know what this means, yeah. but I'm going to do it, you know. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and she also says, don't worry if you feel like you're like don't worry that you're gonna mess it up yeah she she says like you know one time she said most people don't have enough energy to mess themselves up with one inappropriate mudra <laughs> or the correct one yeah you know so using like mudras and and crystals and all mm -hmm. this like once even twice isn't going to really have an effect it's the the longevity of it the yeah. how often you're doing it and whatnot so it's like an overtime type thing so um she is giving caution to like if you're spending a lot of time mm -hmm. with the wrong mudra mm -hmm. then you can notice that it messes you up yeah and she says how do mudras go wrong think headaches anxious energy confusion feeling imbalanced are all kind of like energetic misalignments mm -hmm. and so that might have to do with like you know your crystals your mudras mm -hmm. your whatever it is or people in your life the people in your life did i say that out loud <laughs> the people in your life uh, yeah i mean people are big balls of energy yep it's true um, and she talks about mantras. Mm -hmm. So like we were talking about like chanting. So yep. it's the same type of thing, mm -hmm. the mantras. And I've and known some people that have mantras for their life, right? Like they have mm -hmm. words that they live by. Yeah. So it's, again, tools. So mantras are an energetic sound formula, which I thought yeah. was like a perfect way to put it. Energetic sound formula. That's great. Yeah. Isn't it awesome? Mm -hmm. That's like perfect. So again, she kind of backs this up with science. So if you're wondering like how chanting works, like what's the point? What? I don't get it. You mm -hmm. know, um, she's talking about, you know, science backs it up, how you can feed a sound or vibration into an oscilloscope, an electronic test instrument that measures voltage, and it can be converted to voltage and then displayed. So like in Sacred Living Sessions, yeah. learning the chanting pixie, you know says over and over don't worry about like the words so much like if you plug a word or something yeah yeah um or if you kind of run Lord right through I it don't. yeah right i mean sometimes you're like what what did i just say <laughs> but it's more about the sounds that you're making yeah and and it's all about that energy that comes yeah. off the sound the vibration that you're making you know 
as you're you're chanting mm-hmm. or you're um saying those words or the mantras so that was pretty cool and then she moves into meditation, meditation. we were just talking about mm-hmm. it yeah um, so she's talking about like kundalini too specifically yeah, which, which i like i'm not very familiar with kundalini i mean i do have like the basic understanding of it but not very um it's our primal energy it's the stuff of our consciousness and it's also referred to as Shakti. And mm-hmm. so I think Shakti is a word, kind of a hot word out there right now. There's like Shakti Fest yeah. and all this stuff. So it refers to that, this, our primal energy. Yeah. And they use the snake, right? Yeah. It's as a, like the symbol for a Kundalini? A serpent. Yeah. Um, the, because they it's, say that the Kundalini is lies dormant and co- coiled at the bottom of your spine. Mm-hmm. And that you're working. So when you go, when you go to like a Kundalini class, mm-hmm. You're specifically working on how to, uh, she says, bring that ener- energetic current up your spinal system toward your crown and beyond the crown mm-hmm. of your head and beyond. Yeah. And so if you're awakening the kundalini, then you're illuminating your soul. So like our, our kundalini is like our very being, yeah. like who we are as a soul, our truth. And so you're working um, to awaken the kundalini. And that's where shockers and all that come in. Yeah. I kind of liked how in, she starts it off after she talks about meditation. She moves into everything else, like our other tools and stuff that we use, like vision boards, purification rituals, which I do a lot of with uh, cleaning of using cleaning the space with either sage mm-hmm. or Palo Santo um, and psychedelics, which that's very fascinating. But um, vision boards in particular, like she does say that they can work and I do like I've used them and I continue to yep. use them they absolutely work totally work totally yeah. worked for me I, I yeah. did a vision board in like t- uh, 2010 yeah when I first moved home mm-hmm. and within like five years like everything on it that's awesome and you're not supposed to put like cars and da 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 it's more like um mm-hmm. feelings mm-hmm. Stuff, so like happiness or like if mm-hmm. if you want to like start a family you put a family on there yeah. or, or whatnot but yeah. yeah, they totally work, man. Oh yeah, they totally do. But again, we talked about purification rituals. Do you do the same clearing spaces with sage and Palo Santo? Do you do anything else? Yeah, I do. No, I, I mainly just do this, the sage, the Palo Santo, and then rose water is another uh, one. Yeah, rose water. Um, That's a good one. I keep rose water on my altar. Um, what about psychedelics? Do say I'm on psychedelics right now. <laughs> That's <laughs> Dude, I'm just kidding. <laughs> If anyone's on psychedelics in this room, it's probably me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the nope. one that's talking about rubbing butts. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was like our peak. We yeah. peaked on our peaked our on psychedelics it. at that point. No, but no, I ha- no I psychedelics, have... but I I've heard of it. Yeah, and especially a lot about microdosing. And there's a book I also yeah. have that I read a lot from, and it's you know accumulation of interviews this guy has had with like mega millionaires, like the thinkers of our world, and just the people that are like the most successful and. Um, there's a section in there that he talks about how people have actually used microdosing for solving problems that they just can't quite seem to get their head around. Yeah. And it's actually helped them. And they use it as a tool. But he also says it's something that's, you know, it's not like, oh, we're going to go camping this weekend. We're going to go take psychedelics. And, you know, yeah, yeah. not that, I mean, if that's what you want to do, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Go do it. But there is some precautionary things that you need to, to take. You know, he was saying like... Um, the ways in which you want to use, like, I know ayahuasca is kind of a trendy thing to do. He's like, this guy in particular, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm divulging off of the uh, white hot truth, but he was saying how, like, with those types of things, you have to really treat it like a brain surgery. Like, yeah. you have to treat it that yeah. intense, because when you're, 
working on something that deep, like this subconscious, you're bringing up a lot of shit. And if you don't know how to get, get rid of it or work through it, you could get a little messed up. And then depending on what you bring in, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that people I don't think we really understand. So, yeah. And they say like they have that, that picture of that huge like iceberg, you know, mm-hmm. and like the tip of the iceberg is your consciousness. Yes. And then the, the everything else underneath yeah. is supposedly your subconscious, which is so scary. Right. Probably why I've never done psychedelics. I'm like, <laughs> terrified no. what the fuck is down there. But I mean, if you were to take the right precaution. And if, if I had know, the right like leader, because that's important too, for is sure. to have someone you have to have a trusting it. environment, mm-hmm. a trusting leader who's experienced, not yeah. only just with that whole journey, but like also in the medical realm, because some of those yeah. things can really mess you up. Yeah, you know, yeah. you want to move on to yeah let's move on the path within your path chapter 14 the roundabout journey to a life-affirming discipline this is i like how she opens it up with do you mind if i read the first paragraph go for it meditator isn't a label i'd give myself though i've meditated for years in temples on the bus on cushions in the tub which i like that one the best <laughs> with and without mala beads and rosaries and formalities and instructors some of my best meditations have happened in the rowing machine at the community center eyes closed and my i like to move it playlist getting me higher and hotter mm-hmm. so again that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about meditation is that it doesn't have to necessarily look like the peaceful person with their Legs crossed, sitting at on the a bottom cushion, of a at bodai tree, yeah, or whatever exactly, it is. Exactly, you know. Yeah. Um, that it really just kind of comes to in in the most. Sometimes even I'd have to say I don't know why this just came to my head, but like when I'm driving and I have a certain song on mm-hmm. that I'll listen to on repeat. I guess in a sense it's like a like a concentration tool is to listen to a song on repeat. Um, I'll have some of the best ideas yeah. when I'm driving. Yeah. Well, you know, listening to music mm-hmm. is using your senses, mm-hmm. right? Which is I think why people love music so much yeah. because it brings them to the present moment for mm-hmm. sure can't get away from it yeah. what did you think of this chapter um i didn't note much yeah, at first either. but then she is talking about like her attachment to her meditations and how her meditations became like caffeine for her like she had to have it mm-hmm. and she felt like she had to take a break from meditating because she felt she realized she had like an epiphany one day that she was dependent on her meditating Mm -hmm. and which is what we're trying to not do exactly uh so she she took a break from that and i I liked that Mm -hmm. um because there's so much like rigidity in spiritual practices and religions specifically Mm -hmm. that it does breed that attachment which is what we're we're trying not to do we want to use it Mm -hmm. as support and not as a crutch or not as like a oh my god if I don't, if I don't meditate yeah. or if I don't get to yoga class today, my whole day is going to be ruined. Like mm-hmm. that's not in the space that we want to be in. Mm-hmm. We want to use our practice as a support system mm-hmm. and to actually to train us for those times where we can't yeah. get to our cushion or we can't get to yoga class. We want to be able to use the tools that we practice with without our mat without our cushion we want to be able to use them at any time anywhere and kind of just have that kind of ingrained in us as opposed to like having to be at a certain place in order to feel Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. you know it's like, sense? I'm I feel only, like I rambled. No, like don't, it does make sense. It's like, I'm only going to be happy in my life when I don't have pimples on my face. And when I have a pimple on my face, I'm going to be pissed off. Like, I have a one on my face right now. It's like, <laughs> freaking, I, I nicknamed it Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, it's, I don't know, that, that probably has no relevancy to what you were saying. But it's like, you know, I'm still the same person. I still talk the same way. I still have the same yeah. personality. Whether I do or I do not have a pimple on my face. Yeah. You know? And, and it's like, like, you decide whether... 
how you're going to react to exactly. that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Those psychedelics, man, are really messing with me today. Weird psychedelics <laughs> we took. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to, I mean, that's kind of a short chapter. Yeah, let me see. I actually have, oh, so oh. I really liked the, on yeah. page 182. I like this too. She says that she's learned to follow the pull rather than obey the push. And yeah. I put up top, I like highlighted and I put up top pull versus push, which is so, been mm-hmm. so huge for me because I'm a pusher and I push on myself mm-hmm. and I've been a lot more fluid in my life the past couple of years, you know, since I've had like a really regular yoga practice mm-hmm. and since, of course, since I went to like teacher training yeah. and learned more, even more. But the things that I used to be like really hard on myself about or rigid I've become way more like open um I used to be like really hard on myself like if I ate dairy because you know I I hate slaughterhouses and I hate the way animals are treated and and all that and I I would be like really hard on myself if I like had milk and although I do and I do my best Mm -hmm. right but I I do Sometimes I do my best. That's yeah. it, you know. And so, exactly. like, if I'm being pulled towards dairy, then mm-hmm. I'm going to have dairy, um, as opposed to a push where I'm like, I gotta push myself past this, and yeah. like, because I feel so bad and blah blah blah. And so it's and it's again that discernment. Mm-hmm. So calling in Saraswati, mm-hmm. discerning all of the information that we receive on a daily basis, discerning all of the thoughts that happen in our head. Should I do this? Should I not do this? practicing discernment discerning when when to do something when to not to do something mm-hmm. and to be more open and mm-hmm. danielle has talked about this in previous chapters yeah, she has being open to change yeah. and you can change you don't always have to be a vegan for the rest of your life you don't have to be um a buddhist you don't have to be that a mm-hmm. label you can be flexible so yeah. um i really really like that yeah i will note and I, I liked the point that she highlights, like she kind of brought to attention like these certain things about coming closer to your own practice. And it, like she says, identify where you are already meeting with spirit in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important what you call your practice. And then this one I really liked, there is no competition. Yeah. You know, because yeah. sometimes when maybe you find yourself in this place, in that lull where you are maybe... I mean, that's, I think, what I'd probably describe myself the past couple months since I've stopped teaching regularly. I've had this weird space that I've entered where my practice has shifted. It's not necessarily as asana-based or it's much Physical. more like, yeah, it's it's like a... More like a mental... Yeah, it's like a mental realm I've been in. And that distance has been, you know, very challenging for me because I'm like, well, shit, I'm not... It's like a weird competition. And I guess it's just a competitiveness in, in me um, of, like, I want to be good at it but there's really no being good at it rather than just showing up and doing your best every single day so I just really liked that reminder of and you have to understand Casey too what mm-hmm. and this is what I do too because I also am, I'm in your boat too where yeah. is my my Austin practice has been a lot less yeah in the past few months yeah um as we wait my studio to open <laughs> I can't wait literally I cannot wait <laughs> but you have to just and I think there are a few of us in the community right now who yeah. are kind of in that space where we're like kind of floating void um and <laughs> not we void, but, and we take yeah. classes but it's not like this regular yeah. place we go to on a where we're like connected over and over yeah. and we're all just kind of like floating out there <laughs> in outer space yeah. waiting to find this, a new space mm-hmm. and you just have to know that 
it's supposed to be that way for you right now. For sure. And maybe it is a practice of detachment from yes. your asana p- practice, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, you and I had strong asana mm-hmm. practices for a while, daily asana practices mm-hmm. for a while. And so maybe life is trying to teach us like yeah. less, for sure. less asana or yeah. not just less, but like maybe break. It's a break time, mm-hmm. a time to maybe explore other limbs of yoga yeah. and to Absolutely. deepen our meditation Absolutely. and to, ex- to find other sources of that positive positivity as opposed to just going to class over and over for sure being dependent on that and there was also something i realized too with my physical practice of asana i had really grown attached to the results that it gave me in my physical body i liked that i felt tight i liked that i looked thin and that i think i've realized a lot because in the past couple months i haven't been practicing i mean i'm very active i like to run and i'll hike and i still practice every once in a while but not nearly as much as i was and I've noticed like there's like a little bit more of a softerness setting in and I'm like, okay. And so the old me, I think I would have really been upset about that. And I would have just been like, hard on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I would have just been like, oh, so gross. And so it's been a kind of beautiful softening of just accepting, I guess, too. And maybe that's a reflection. uh, It's a metaphor, right? So maybe softening in on yourself. Yeah. And remember Pixie was talking about this. She totally did. And that's what triggered that thought. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So maybe you, Light bulb. we needed to learn how to soften yeah. um, up a bit and not be so hard, like literally like hard, hard on ourselves mm-hmm. mentally, but also like hard on our bodies. Yeah. And then it that physically translates into like hard body, right? <laughs> but like softening, softening in on ourselves, not and being a little bit more gentle mm-hmm. and that translating into maybe just like a little bit softer body yeah. and being okay with that. And mm-hmm. so you always, the point that I, I am trying to make is that you always want to ask yourself like why life is giving you what it is what it is mm-hmm. and it's always a mirror always a reflection of like something that you need to look at within yourself whether it's good or bad and so when things happen in you why is this happening to me <laughs> well really why is it happening to you yeah. instead of just why is this happening to me to say it like no really like sit in a with that. way really sit yeah. literally why is this happening to yeah. you and take ownership of it yeah, what do you what can yeah. you learn? Mm-hmm. Because the big the the best way to ensure that that never happens to you again mm-hmm. is to finally learn from it. Yeah. Once you learn from it and grow past it, you'll see that it doesn't happen to you anymore ever mm-hmm. again. Right? And so we so always true. want to look look in and ask ourselves, why is it like this right now? It feels yeah. so shitty. Yep. What are you what are what do I need to learn from this? Mm-hmm. Where do I need to work more? Mhm absolutely right so she ends the chapter and i like highlighted it because i and oh I wrote, the last yes, little, yeah. yeah kind of going back to like what we were saying mm-hmm. she says even with steady devotion to your growth your practices will ebb and flow some days you're going to be riding high dancing to merge with shiva himself or fasting to feel the pulse of higher realms other days you're just going to do what it takes <laughs> not to feel like shit Amen. <laughs> like, drink a beer. Well, for me, drink a beer. Yeah, no. Or Mine's a ginger beer. Ginger yeah, ginger juice. beer. Yeah. Five ginger beers. <laughs> yeah, <went> crazy. <laughs> Till you puke. <laughs> or chocolate or ice cream or like um yeah. some Cheese. crap food, mm. Cheetos or Doritos yeah. or, you know, like, again, not being so hard on yourself, <laughs> letting yourself be you. And for me, sometimes that means, you know, remember I was saying like a yeah. laying in my hammock, I was reading this book. Drinking, drinking a beer, beer and eating fried food or chips. Yeah. Or I can't remember what I was eating, but you know, sometimes you just have to do what's best for you in that moment. Absolutely. And I think even in an earlier chapter, she said like how much 
relief you can take off of yourself by just saying, like, accepting yeah. yourself yeah. and, like, what is, you know, rather than – and I think that's something I, I battle with a lot. But. Yeah, she says, she says, be your kind of devotee yeah. and your kind of light chaser. Chapter 15. Discernment is everything. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> This is weird. We're really on it today. (laughs) Yeah, we are. When the negative serves the positive. Yeah, so she's saying, like, um, you know, be careful about what you actually say, like, like the words that come out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. So kind of jumping back into the energy that the sound your mouth makes when you talk. And so she actually says that, you know, she tries really hard to not, like, post about negative things and not just negative things like oh politics this or politics that but even just like movies she didn't like yeah or things she didn't like mm-hmm. and instead she just is more like just quiet about it and instead makes a big ordeal about things that she really does like mm-hmm. i i liked that i highlighted it because yeah. i noticed that i do that too where if i don't like something I'm like, oh, i'm gonna take to the internet about this you yeah. know and like talk about how much yeah. I don't like it and that just kind of breeds negativity yeah. and instead it's not just and it's not about like not expressing that you didn't like something but being more mindful for sure in the way in which you do it like she yeah. says it right here and I think um keeping it positive does not preclude having strong yes. opinions when yeah. I think my opinions might inspire some awareness and action then I'll mouth off you know yeah but so. it doesn't have to be like oh that episode of blah blah, blah was so yeah. stupid like that's not gonna bring it <laughs> yeah. like what's that really gonna accomplish besides you just putting out a negative energy yeah. right yeah and she kind of breaks it down here did you read that the part that one yeah, I highlighted okay, it. Okay, yeah. She's like, being discerning is not the same as being judgmental. Discernment is big-minded is big minded and awake. Judgment is narrow-minded and operates in the dark. Discernment is our wisdom coming to life. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And in the back, if you have kind of followed along with us in this book, oftentimes um, I use, like, in the back, they ask questions and stuff, and they said, I wanted to ask this question, has trying to maintain spiritual harmony ever kept you from calling bullshit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I... I think we've talked about we this before about, about how people confuse, you know, being a yogi mm-hmm. with kind oh, of you're so up for peaceful, mm-hmm. and like just because you do yoga or because you practice yoga or because you're a yogi, especially if you're a yoga teacher, mm-hmm. the pressure is even more intense yeah. for you to like be this happy, fluffy, non-confrontational being, which is not what it's about mm-hmm. um, at all, and it's. It's about standing up for what's right. It's about discerning, mm-hmm. you know, knowing when to stand up for yourself and when to when knowing if that particular thing is not going to make any sort of impact. So yeah. it's like not worth putting that energy out there. Yeah. Like, what's the end result? Fight with light. <laughs> I kind of just like that. I like heading. it. It was good. Yeah. Every light bearer will at some point have to get wise to the dark just as Archangel Michael. He's the angel of supreme protection, one of the most prevalent and popular angels in contemporary spiritual teachings. I'm certain everyone has heard of some type of, like, Archangel Michael. I've called upon Archangel Michael. I don't know. I don't think I know much about Mm. him. Well, he's a protector, and so he'll... So I'm not... We should ask Rebecca when she's in next time. She's so incredible with angels, and she's like a angel herself <laughs> but yeah yeah she um has told me about archangel michael and when it's when i've gone into a situation where i wasn't feeling comfortable or i felt maybe not under attack but i felt like there are people or energies there where maybe the intention wasn't 
good mm-hmm. per se. Yeah. And so you kind of call upon that and setting the intention of like, okay, I okay. will be protected. My energy will be protected or like my intentions will, you know, or it's also like you won't be affected by maybe one's behavior in yeah. a situation too. So Archangel Michael. But that's what I kind of liked that, you know, at some point you will have to approach situations that aren't always of the of the bright side. Have you seen this is a short Inside Out? I love Inside Out, the Pixar movie. Oh, yes. love It's such a good movie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So she talks about Inside Out, mm-hmm. and she says they did a brilliant job of defining the value of the character Disgust. <laughs> such a hilarious movie. I know. Um, they say it's Disgust's job to keep Riley, the main character, from yeah. being poisoned, physically or socially. So she says disgust is like the spit out function of both our bodies and souls, life saving, though not so glamorous. So she's saying that like our our natural reactions of being human are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so like disgust is to keep us safe. Um, like she says, so we don't drink poison. You know, it's like that <laughs> exactly. looks so gross. So we wouldn't we wouldn't we aren't tempted yeah. to to drink it. But and you can be disgusted by humans too Mm -hmm. you know it's a disgusting behavior like disgusted by their behavior yeah and that is our soul telling us to maybe keep some distance from that person exactly and so to like be okay with those natural um emotions that aren't so fun we don't have to push constantly like happiness acceptance compassion blah blah blah. like all we also want to welcome in the not so fun feelings Mm -hmm. of disgust disappointment Mm -hmm. um fear fear aversion anger i mean and again the discernment why am I feeling this? Is it to protect me or do I need to like work on this and maybe like yeah. push past it a little bit? For sure. And there's a golden rule that she lives by. Call bullshit when you need to and keep it classy. The golden rule applies. When it doesn't, do unto others as you would have done unto them. Do, wait, did I say that right? <laughs> do unto others as you would have them do unto you, yeah. even if you want nothing to do with them, which that is one of the hardest things to do, I think. Yeah. And that that saying in particular kind of reminded me of um, like in recovery and AA or uh, a lot of people with that much pain are harboring a lot of resentments. And one of the quickest way to get over resentment with the person is there was a thing we'd have to do if there was like a person that just really just we couldn't get over. We'd have to pray for them for two weeks straight wishing them everything we wish for ourselves Mm -hmm. the most amount of love compassion kindness success everything and then it was weird because after two weeks it did shift a little Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's very very interesting how that happened yeah, it's like rewiring your brain. Yeah. Remember? Does it mean that it? you have to have the neurons the that <laughs> fire together, wire, fire together, wire together? <laughs> we need have shirts that say that. Shirts? Shirts. I'm sure. Did I say, did I say not shirts? Did I say shits or something? <laughs> no, I don't know. The oh, okay. it's the psychedelics again. Yeah, I don't know. Wiling out. <laughs> I think there's a shirt <laughs> yeah. that says that. We do. We're going to find it. With neurons on it. Yeah. Whatever those look like. Are they cute? <laughs> I just imagine them as being cute. Neurons? Yeah. I really, I keep picturing like those little atom, like science drawings of like, but that's not, that's an atom. Oh God. (laughs) Anyway. following. (laughs) Yeah. So next chapters we'll be reading? 
um, the last three chapters, mm-hmm. which I close, I close 16, 17, 16, 18. 17, 18. And we're going to um, try to have our dear friend, mm-hmm. as Casey mentioned, Rebecca Wolf on. She is a healer and an angel. Goddess. <laughs> Goddess. <laughs> um, Reiki master. And she was mm-hmm. kind of reading along with us in this book. And so yeah. we're going to try to have her on to Yoga teacher. talk about what <laughs> what she thinks. Yeah. Yeah, so... I know. I'm excited. I'm off to go see if I can get a car. Good luck, Sarah. But I'm not nervous. Don't be nervous. Mazda is amazing. Yeah, I'm not nervous. I know that if it's... Again, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. Practice of the Um, yoga. (laughs) And if not, you know, no worries. Yeah. Just happy to have a car. Yeah. I mean... I don't think mentioning my name, that sounds really Should lame. I name drop you? Yeah. Well, you could be like, oh, my friend Casey Kelly works with Level 55, and I know I'm she all works with you guys. so <laughs> Casey Kelly, a friend of mine. Guy's no, all what? You'd have to give him a little backstory. You'd have to be like, oh, yeah, she did a campaign with you guys. Like, yeah, but good luck with that. Thanks. Do you have any other cool plans for the coming weeks? Gosh, it's October. I know. So excited. I mean, Winston are so happy. I know. Look at him. <laughs> um, His hair. So it's cute. adorable. No, I'm going to a 90s party, which I'm pretty stoked about. What are you going to wear? A flannel? I am going to wear a flannel. Sweet. A, a wife Martins. beater, which, by the way, is the worst name for a, anything. Awful. It's called a wife beater. I know. A wife beater. beater. <laughs> Horrible. Let that sink in. Horrible. Just... Think about that. My friend brought that up to me. Yeah. She was like, I cannot believe we call those wife feeders. It's horrible. <laughs> Anyways, my wear wife feeder. Um, and an old English buckle belt. Okay. With the S. Oh, yeah. Big old baggy pants. Nice. Dickies. Dickies. And I'm going to do like the two pieces of hair gelled. Oh, my God. Down the front. I feel like you probably have like an old school picture that looks like that. I do. <laughs> I wanted to be I wanted to be a gangster. That's awesome. In middle school, so bad. That's so cool. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what I got looking forward to. What about you? Yeah, nothing really. I'm just working in the woodshop a lot because I think um, sometime in December I'm going to do a show at Harvest Cafe um, with oh, yeah, some cool. of the wood. So nice. and then yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. More details will come. Yeah. When I start working more but um just feels good man to be in there just making shit yeah meditating you know? yeah. meditating i mean shit. it literally feels so good yeah yeah cool. but um yeah and then i just look forward to hearing good news about your studio. i know <laughs> maybe the next podcast i'll have more exciting news than yeah. just waiting but such is life i know yeah, but go uh, buy some stuff <laughs> all right well i hope you have a good day thanks friend <laughs> A space for you, me, and everyone. Welcome to the Collective Space.